listening to The Magnetic Coach, a podcast for those who want to stand out, be seen, and communicate with clarity and confidence. I'm your host, Linda Ford. Let's dive in. So, uh, welcome everyone. Uh, I am so excited today to have my second guest for my podcast, which is my podcast is called The Magnetic Life Coach. Uh, so uh, this, I'm so glad to have uh, Christine Walsh Rakowski. Did I pronounce that right? Yes, very much right. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yep. And uh, Christine, I'm just going to ask you to let us know what is it that you do in the world? Well, apparently I ski a lot <laughs> and, and vacation a lot from my Facebook profile. Um, but seriously, in terms of my work and what I do, um, in terms of impacting and influencing in different ways with regards to my own, um, purpose is I work with women and money and their businesses. So I am helping women understand money at a deeper level. I think that's what's required right now in our, these times to grow their income, to um, create more profitability in their businesses, and at the same time, enjoy their money and, and have a healthy relationship with it. Right. You know, as you're saying, you're saying you're a money coach. I bet, I can bet you, there are some women out there who are like hearing that they're like, oh, great, exciting, you know? And then there are others, I bet you, Christine, that are just like, Oh God, they're having shivers, you know, like, do we really need to talk about this? You know, and I was right? them. I was one of the latter, Linda, um, yeah. many years ago. And the perhaps horrifying part of it was I grew up in New York City, was groomed to go to business school and uh, did that and then started working in different investment banking houses in New York, worked on a Wall Street for 12 years. So wow. I have sort of a financial, I mean, sort of a financial background that would have given me the idea, given somebody else the idea that I was very good with money and et cetera. And I wasn't good with my own money. I was very scared and I thought I lost you there for a sec. Sorry. Oh, yeah. um, I was very scared about my money. It was very fearful, fear-driven. I mean, I was doing successful and everything like that, but it was very fearful and I never wanted to talk about my own finances um, for many reasons. So I was one of those women that's on the latter side of that equation. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I toggle between both of them. Yeah. I go, I go back and forth, but you know, for this, this is why I wanted to have you on this conversation, Christine, because a lot of my whole approach to my coaching work, my work with clients, is I always use this tagline where soul meets strategy. And so, because I believe that there's, for whatever it is we're exploring in life and trying to up-level, there's this energetic, soulful uh, aspect to it. But then there's the strategy. And I think one without the other is useless, you know? And I think a lot of the mistakes that we we make um, innocently is that we're all strategy um, or we're all, you know, doing the inner work. But I think when you put those two together, you know, bingo, I think you've got a really magical combination. And that's why, you know, you've had so much experience on Wall Street. 
you've got some real practical, you know, ways of coaching women about money. And then there's the energetic side. So that's how I want the conversation to go, if that's okay with you. Absolutely. It's my favorite okay. thing is, is the hybrid with two, both. And I do hybrid. majority almost in a way of the energetics, of the psychological piece of it, of the emotional aspect of it, perhaps more so in, than the strategy. Because if we don't have our head on straight around this topic or many other topics, but well, we're talking money here, the strategy will backfire, we'll yeah, beat ourselves yeah. up. Will, will perpetuate shame. And, and so it's important for us to understand what's driving us and motivating us behind the money. And that's not something, I don't know about you, but it's not something I was taught my family or at school or anything like that back, you know, 40, 50 years ago now. Um, so it's, it's really a fun, and it's fun to blend it because it's not all head strategy and the tactics and the mechanics of it. There's a yeah. lot of, of wisdom in our emotional well-being. Great. So let's start with this first question. Um, what is what is money, Christine, and how do you see it? What I, is this thing called money? Right. <laughs> in my world, money is life force energy. That's how I consider money. I believe it is a fluid. I mean money comes from the word currency in a way, a sort of a derivative and currency comes from flow and current. Um, so I see money as a circulation mm -hmm. of energy. I see it as a, a form of self-expression as well. And that's what drives life force energy in us. So, and it's used to get things and, or change things for that matter too. Yeah. So is it true? Um, that women have more issues with money than men? And, and if so, what is, what's going on? Yeah, yeah, great question. <laughs> uh, well, because I work with a predominantly more women than men in my uh, career here, I obviously see more women. And it, it does make sense that women have more blocks or belief stuff or stories. First, we're an emotional uh, being more so like just in our typical identities of men versus women and, and how we've grown up or how, you know, traditionally how we've been, or been viewed. Um, so there's more of a aspect of, of how do I care for this? How do I, or not like my emotions are wrapped up in it a little bit more as a woman. And we have only been making money as women in this country and probably, you know, and just, you know, I just can speak for the United States over the past 60 years or so. Yeah. You know, it's not that long ago. I have this stat that it was only in 1974 that women were given uh, the ability to get a credit card on their own without their husband co-signing with them. Amazing, isn't it? Right. Like it feels long time ago and it doesn't at the same time. So we just haven't had the role models, we haven't had the responsibility to be the breadwinner or to bring in more money or handle money. So we're learning that. And, and I feel like it's been a slow curve. And at yeah. the same time, I do know that I think of from a financial industry standard, the tides are turning. Like I see a Fidelity or a Vanguard or these different investment houses having seminars for women. I mean, there's an investment house that I aligned very strongly with Elvest 
that is mm-hmm. done by women and for women. Cause really we, hmm. we do money differently and that's okay. It's not that the men are wrong or that way is wrong, mm-hmm. but the idea of the, of the way that we work are making money back 60 years ago, 50 years ago, 20 years ago is a lot different where we're moving into a new world order here. And I think a lot of what I call the feminine principles of money are very mm-hmm. important to pull in because it's been very masculine. I worked on a wall street. It was like, go, go, go get it, whatever you can. So mm, generally yeah. speaking, and I do want our listeners to understand it's a general broad brush here to a certain degree, but I think everyone can relate to seeing those dynamics play out. Yeah. And, you know, in my work, as I look at other coaches, there's a lot of women out there who are, you know, making multiple six figures, big money in the coaching industry. I mean, the woman who taught me to coach, um, her name is Brooke Castillo. She's big. Do you know Brooke? I do. She she taught me how to coach. She was one of my teachers, her with Martha Beck. Yeah. Love okay, so two yeah. great people, right? Yeah. And uh, that I was one of Martha's first cohorts, you know, the, the first class she had of coach training. We did it all online. And Brooke was her CEO back then. Wow. Yeah. Brooke now is earning. She's earning 42 million a year. Yeah, absolutely. She's, she's her podcast. So, yeah. Isn't it amazing? Yeah. And I yeah. know she stands for women making more money and how that, she does. you know, what that can do for our communities and our families and the global collective yeah. in general. And that's how I feel just coming back to like, what is money? It's, it is a fluid thing that can move through us to actually create change. Yeah. At, at a lot of levels. But, but Christine, so I hear there's a lot of coaches also out there who are putting out value, right? They're they're um, working on their business. They're great coaches, but they're not making any money. And I was wondering if you could speak to that. Like, if that is the case, uh, and I, I, I kind of came across this uh, statistic that 90% of our, pro, uh, our programming, 97% of it is subconscious. Yeah. So I was just wondering if you could address, like, what could be going on in, a, in, a, in that situation? What, yeah. what, what would you advise them to look at, to begin to look at. I, I love it. And I love how you connected the subconscious mind. I'll speak to that in a second. Yeah. Um, the it's a big question. Thing, <laughs> yeah, the one thing that came up for me, right, as you were asking the question is us as women, again, generally speaking, our ability to receive and to receive well, I think it's it, as one of my seven feminine principles of money is about receptivity and mm understanding that receiving is just as important as giving again, being a woman tending to be the nurturer or mama bear kind of energy, all good. Not always. I don't have kids. I'm just, no, was me neither. So dogs, dogs, yes. Kids, no, <laughs> <laughs> but tend to, again, because of the role models and who yeah. we came from, you know, traditionally. So I think us in asking for what we need and being bold and being perhaps a bitch, or if like it on the equivalent of if a man did the same thing, we just have these stereotypes, which actually come back and pull up stories of, from the subconscious mind of when we were kids. And it's like, don't, it's not nice to talk about money, women. It's not nice to 
don't ask for a lot. You don't need a lot. Um, you know, don't brag. All those kind of things start when we start to own our own business, just start to slap us in the face left and right and come back and say, you know what? I don't know if I'm worth that. I don't know if I, you know, I, and I see it with a lot of women and it's, it's, it's why I do the work I do because women, there are so many amazing women doing amazing things. And we need a lot of this work out in the world and uh, to not have that flow of money rolling through and money does flow to value uh, is hurting us at a, at a global level. So yeah. And the subconscious mind is so, yeah, yeah. Do, so what, what do we do? Do we go back and look at our inner child or do we, I mean, I'll tell you if, if um, <laughs> I look back on my family, uh, they did not do money. Well, yeah. um, money was very tied up with violence yeah. for me yeah. uh, between my parents. Yeah. yeah. Um, so what would you tell coaches? I mean, or anyone, yeah. An entrepreneur, solopreneur to yeah. begin to unravel. Well, one of the um, exercises that I love to share with people, and if that's okay, I'd love to share here, is if money was a person in your life, so, uh, you know, not to replace a person, I somehow have to disclose that sometimes, but if money was a person in your life, how might you describe that relationship? And just becoming aware of it. And it's sort of a kind of a hokey way, especially for any listeners who are, are, feel like this is like a sticky topic for them. If mm-hmm. money was a person in your life, and I've heard all sorts of things like it's like a one night stand. Some days it's here, sometimes it's gone. Yes. <laughs> um, and and all the different things. It doesn't support me or whatever. Just recognizing what your story is in that context, yeah. and then having a dialogue with it. You know, we sometimes we do have to go back, and there might be some stuff that's coming up for us stories as when we were growing up and what we were exposed to imprints on us because between zero and seven years old, our subconscious mind is a sponge and taking it all in. So we don't have to excavate super deeply to get an awareness of like what our relationship is with is money. We can look at our checkbook, we can look at how money's flowing to us or not flowing up to us is, is telling us how our subconscious mind is reacting to money. Um, but another fun way to do it is once you kind of look at that relationship, you can actually um, write a letter to money is sometimes what I have my clients do, which is- Oh, I love that. Yeah. Money, um, and you just lay it out on the table, whatever it is, maybe it's like, you know, whatever, it's for your eyes only. You can burn it in the full moon, whatever you want to do. Like, but you write the money letter to money and you just, you know, right. Getting it out of our head onto paper can help and no one needs to see it. And then what I have my clients do is switch roles with money and money writes you back. So it'd be your money, blah, blah, blah. You never supported me, whatever it is, you know, Christine. And then you switch roles, dear Christine, this is money and see what money has to say back to you. And I would, it's very, very profound exercise to switch roles and to switch perspectives. Yeah. And from there you get to see, oh, maybe there is an opportunity for an opening of a different relationship. There is no doubt about it. We are, as women are redefining our relationship to money. So there is no right or wrong way. And I want everyone to hear that 
whatever has occurred or whatever had the stories that have been attached to money for all of us at whatever level, we can make a new decision today and have a different relationship with it. And yes, is there work to be done around that? Of course, just like any, just like any relationship, if we yes. want to improve it, we, you know, have a dialogue, we communicate, right? I just think of with me and my husband, if something's going on, I'm not avoiding if I care. Yeah. For relationship, I actually, I engage. I love that exercise. And uh, it's interesting because I, I write about my coaching business as if I'm in relationship with it. You know, mm-hmm. it's the same dynamic, isn't it? Really? So, you know, it's like, and, and I've gone through all phases with my coaching business. I started 15 years ago and there was the, you know, when you first, you first meet your business, it's like, you're in love, you know, yeah. it's just like, and then, and then you go through this um, unrequited love phase, you know, where you're, given everything and there, there's no love coming back right yeah yeah so I've, I've written about this in a course that I've produced and I kind of framed it that way you yeah. know like it's in a relationship so it's the same thing with money and yeah. then there was the big breakup I had the big breakup I stopped <laughs> coaching you know I didn't divorce but I just had the separation the separation yeah and I then t- and then I, I kind of re rekindled the relationship yeah. again you know so it is like that isn't it yeah absolutely it is, this real um, living, breathing thing, you know? And that we, I think we also, and this could be across genders, uh, uh, is we kind of forget that we have, how much power we do have and how much we really can control. And I do think, you know, being that I worked in the financial services industry for years, we caught sort of um, abdicated our the, the, the responsibility to other people, whether it was, was our spouses or it was, you know, our financial advisor or our dad or someone who knew better than us. Yeah. Actually what the stats say is women are better investors in the stock market because they stay longer in the, in, they don't time the market as much as men do. Interesting. They are much more value driven. So they're invested researching the companies a little deeper to understand what's going on behind the scenes and what the companies stand for, um, which actually creates more robustness in the value of the the business. Um, So, you know, we have a lot going for us as women and learning to trust ourselves with this very precious commodity. Yeah. Is the work is essentially the work. Yes. Is it about making more money? Is it about having more in the bank account? What all those things. And at the end of the day, which is not in my marketing materials, it's about, can you trust yourself with money and can you trust yourself in general? You know? Yeah. Yeah. So can you say something about getting back to this, you're in relationship with this uh, energy of money about a daily, like just being aware of how we're treating it. Absolutely. I started a a little, again, in the spirit of money's this person in my life, in a way I'm in relationship with it over the past, maybe like three weeks or so. I started this thing where every day I write down money says to me, you know, and it's just whatever intuitively comes up. Like we went away on a vacation last week and, you know, even for me, the money coach, you know, things come up like, oh, should we spend it on that? Like, are we, you know, eating out too much? And I just remember money saying to me, it's okay, Christine, let it flow. 
And it was just like a little sentence, like a reminder. So I love the connection of being in relationship with it. Um, one other way I think of, because we're all, whether we're buying the groceries online, we're buying them in the store these days is just remembering where, how that money is flowing through our hands into the producers of the food to the clerks who are checking us out. Um, a little hard to sort of justify Amazon on one level because they're such a a conglomerate, you know, so big, like, you know, the truck drivers that get the, um, or the delivery men that bring the package to the door, like all of that is, is stewardship yes, of money that I think is really a lost piece of this too, that I'd love to bring back and, and re-invite into this conversation around money is that we are stewards of this and it mm-hmm. passes through our hands. And sometimes it passes through a little quicker than we'd like or whatever. And we think we're not going to get it back, but it will, if in that area of flow, if we can just imagine, okay, money's coming to me and it does leave and who does it, who does, what's the ripple effect of it? So that's just in that day to day. Yeah. You know, outside of maybe journaling, like I said, if you want to incorporate something like that um, and then gratitude, I think for just any, oh, you know, yeah. all the different things, right? What is money is a, is a, form of exchange for something else. Like we want more money because not, we want more money. We want either more security. We want a flashier car. We want a bigger home. We want a smaller home, whatever it is. Money's just a fluid conduit to other things. So it's mm-hmm. what are those things representing for us? Yeah. Basis, right. Even the grocery store example can be um, food, like food and, and buying good food and organic produce or anything like that is it's about my health and well-being. Like yes. when we start to connect our values to our money, it makes a huge, huge difference. I had a client who was said, I hate paying the mortgage, you know, oh. Wells Fargo, blah, blah, blah. I was like, well, what does the home represent for you? And she's like, well, security, peace, safety. I was like, well, every time you write, not that you wrote the check, but every time you see it in the transactions on the online banking portal, just feel into what the money exchange is Mm -hmm. with respect to your values. Yeah. In some ways, we probably um, removed ourselves from that because we're always using credit cards. And it's like, like the other day, I actually used some dollar bills it seems so weird like I, I even buy my coffee with my credit card you know and it's just weird and uh, the interesting thing is is that when I was uh, rummaging through my wallet um, I did have quite a few hundred dollars in there because I got some rebate or something I got a, a check cashed and right. I put the dollars in there and I put them in a part of my wallet that it wasn't it was kind of loose and so when I opened up my wallet all the all these bills just it was actually quite beautiful actually to see all these fifty dollar bills just kind of fall over the car floor you know yeah. and so and I thought oh there's abundance you know it's like the universe showing me all this money but then yeah. the then what I discovered a couple of days later is that one of those fifty dollar bills had kind of gotten to the back seat and the dogs had been you know kind of walking all over it and there it was just sitting and I thought isn't that interesting, you know, that even just how we stuff money in our wallets yeah. 
and and just let it lie around on the yeah. floor maybe yeah. you know yeah yeah just interesting yeah. I know and it is tough <laughs> with you know us generally not holding cash too often my husband uh works uh and he gets receives tips and I'm like whoa look at all that cash that's like flowing through mm-hmm. your hands there <laughs> and you know, there's, it, we're looking at money in a different way, even just thinking of like the cryptocurrency, that's a whole nother ball of I know that's happening around money and that the, yeah. the conversation around money is evolving. And so my invitation for women is to, is to look at it like a relationship We're relationship driven people, if we're in a coaching business or we're in business, we're in the business of relationship. And we're in the business of making money and that money is for something, not just for making it. And I think that's where people can get hung up is just like, I'm going to take people's money and hoard it. Really what you'll be doing is taking people's money and it's transferring through you to something else. Yes. A steward of, and that they get, they receive something out of it amazing work, you know, to work with you or something like that. So, yeah, I'm amazed at how many coaches are, you know, it's okay to give money to your doctor or your dentist or the woman who's doing your nails, but so many coaches feel so uncomfortable about asking for money. So what do you think's going on there? Again, you know, coaching being relatively new and, and us, asking for money for our own work, which is not necessarily a product, it's a service and having models that have been on an hourly basis. Typically we're sort of pioneering through this a little bit. So that's part of it. Like I want to give everyone a break. Like it doesn't have to necessarily be like the old story or how your mom treated money or anything like that. That's probably a piece of it. But we're also pioneering a new way of working with money. And I always find it very fascinating to work, to engage with another business person, a woman who's totally clean and clear with her money. Like, yeah, it's not perfect or anything, but she's like, this is my price. This is what it is. It feels like such a clean container that we can agree or not agree to work together, whatever it is, and move on. Like there's stories attached to it. So it really is us working with money at a new level. A lot of women, um, I mean, we're starting businesses at a a rapid rate as women. And we're also coming out of a workforce where we might've been an employee. um, We might've been a stay at home person. So we're new at asking for money. Even, I mean, anyone who's in a career asking for a raise, it just isn't, it's, it's, rude to ask for money. It's rude to talk about money. It's not ladylike, whatever all that is like, let's just stop it here. Like you have to ask for what you want. And that's really the bottom line. You have permission to ask for what you need and there's plenty of money to go around. You know, you're just reminding me when I first started coaching, I gave a workshop on, I don't know why I did on money, you know, having your improving cleaning up your relationship with money and I just remembered I started off the conversation there were about 10 women in the room and um and I said uh okay so before we start I'm going we're going to go around the room and you're all going to tell and share how much is in your checking account or your bank account I mean I I I wasn't serious you know but you could you could feel the it was visceral you know it was like (laughs) no we don't go there it's like you know there's so much um, more 
at ease talking about their sex life than they are their money life. A hundred percent. That was the point I was trying to get across is just see how uncomfortable yeah. we are, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And being in business, it's about being uncomfortable. So yeah, tell me about it. <laughs> money is definitely the final frontier for women. And what I want to give a you know, a glimmer of hope that the bigger the resistance around dealing with your money stuff, the actual bigger the potential on the other side, because the pendulum. Say more about why. Because, well, I think of the law of polarity, right? If everything works, it's right or left, it's good or bad. It's a, so the wider it swings one way, yeah. the wider it can swing the other. Oh, beautiful. And so thinking about our biggest resistances, right? The, whatever it is about money. I don't want to look at it. The avoider. I have a money archetype quiz. Uh, that's really fun because one of the archetypes is around avoiding and the bigger, the avoider we are, we actually, if we choose and consciously choose with a lot of courage, I get it and commitment to make creating a healthier relationship with our money, we're going to actually create a massive potential on the other side. Wow. Actually, I took your quiz. Yeah. Uh, and I, what are the uh, archetypes? I can't remember what it was. Oh, now you're quizzing me. Uh, there'll be, a, there's a voider. No, it wasn't that. Poor, I would imagine, I'll start from the top, visionary. I think that's, yeah, that's, yeah. that was the yeah. one. I, yeah. could, yeah. I would totally see that. It's visionary. Um, there is the generator. Yeah. There's the spender giver. The hoarder the avoider there's one in there that I'm totally missing the yeah I'll have to we'll have to Ella, have you know team. I'll put in the show notes the yeah. link to your website so that they can be take great fun quiz that would be um, great yeah super quick and n- what I like to share with them are you know we all want to understand ourselves it's a very accessible way for us to understand how we show up with our money and each of them has advantage and a disadvantage you know I mean the visionary I also am a visionary. Um, What's the disadvantage? Of like high in the sky, and I'd not have yeah. any plan. Right, that's where the strategy comes in. Yeah, and the oh, avoider is just totally avoiding, and <laughs> you know, it, it can be all over the place. But the more we understand ourselves, just like any part of personal development, the more that we understand ourselves, the more power we have to change things. And that's really the shift here. You know, whether you want to make you know, $75,000, $750,000, million, whatever it is. It's not about the amount as much as how much ease and flow, much more ease and flow I can have in my life with this, this thing that is the longest relationship in our life. I mean, ourselves, a relationship with ourselves is a long one. Our relationship with time but money's right up there. It's with us right alongside you all all your life. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. So I want to be respectful of your time, Christine, but I, I want to get your take on this because just before I got on here uh, um, this morning, I was streaming through uh, Abraham Hicks, you yeah. know, the law of attraction teachers, yeah. and I kind of put in money, right? Women and money. Love it. And there was a really great conversation between this woman who um, she was trying to, she had a business, uh, wasn't sure what it was, but, um, she, she wasn't making much money, 
but her life was so abundant and it was all coming through the funnel of her husband. And so her question to Abraham was, you know, why not me? Uh, and should it, is there a difference? Like, like, do I have anything to complain about? <laughs> you know, right. should I just, I was just wondering what your take on that is because she was claiming and making a point that, um, you know, I, I want, I want my own funnel. Right. You know, right. I mean, I'm grateful for right. the funnel that I have, right. but right. do you see any? Well, I guess the how I think about money, where money comes from is money comes from source through other people. And when we start, we can be a little judgy about how it comes to us. So I want, you know, X amount of dollars this month and I end up getting a gift or, or something from someone else and, or a loan or something like that. And I judge it that I didn't create it myself. So yeah. A, we just have to be watching our judgment around where money comes from because money if we're asking for it, it comes from source energy through other people to us. It doesn't come from other people. So there's that piece. And I don't, you know, just getting a, probably would need a little bit more context, but also we each have the power to create what we want. We're master manifestors. And if that was the case and we wanted to make our own money, we totally could do that. Especially if, um, we're a business owner and we're entrepreneurs. I mean, we have that ability to do so very much so. Um, but my, my first inclination is if, if watching, if we're judging where the money comes from. Yeah. And, and it's kind of like the ego sneaking in there saying, yeah. you've got a yeah. problem here. You've got to fix yeah. this problem, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Where there may or may not be a problem, right? There's a lot of different pieces of it that I may not know. So yeah. Um, but that's the first thing. And I, I, I did, again, did not learn. I'm thinking, and that's also a part of maybe business owners, women, business owners, not wanting to ask because they feel like they're taking money away from someone mm. that may or may not have it. I always say, stay out of other people's pocket books. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and money comes through other people to us, just like it comes through us and it moves out to others as well. Whether it's some, you know, we're coming, having the plumber come over and putting in new fixtures or fixing right. the toilet or whatever it is. Right. So I think that's a good reminder for us all to be like money, you know, the universe wants more for us than we do and wants us to have it. And it comes in all different ways. So yeah, maybe that speaks to being a little bit more clear on how you do want it to come in. Yeah, beautiful. Universe loves clarity, loves conviction. So it happens yes. and it totally makes sense with money. Yes, beautiful. So Christine, where can we find you? What's your website called? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Well, I'm in Steamboat Springs, Colorado. So if anyone is floating through there, okay. feel free to reach <laughs> out. But my website is www.christine, C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N-E, M as in money, I'll put it in the show notes too. Yeah. Yep. Walsh.com, W-A-L-S-H.com. And I think that's the best part to reach me at. I would love to hear any listeners, uh, ahas or uh-ohs or yeah. want to be witnessed in this, um, this conversation. Cause that's really at the end of the day to have someone listen without judgment on your, on your money story. Yeah. It's such a gift. So yeah. Yeah. One, one, if you could just reduce it down to one powerful 
bit of advice for coaches and money. Yes. yes. Oh goodness. You're um, only allowed one, Christine. <laughs> <laughs> what if money was the best friend you ever had and had your back a hundred percent? What would your coaching business look like? What would your life look like? What would your world look like? But if, if money was your, your best friend and you had this amazing relationship like you do with your current best friend, your real best friend, what could yeah. life look like? Mm, that's something to think about, huh? Yeah, yeah. Thank well, you so much, Christine. You're so, so welcome. Okay. I know, I've been like chat for, for hours here. On oh, this yeah. Topic, oh, so. yeah. I'll be posting this on my uh, my Facebook group. I've got a Facebook group for uh, coaches, a private group, so, and, and on my page, so, well, yeah. The opportunity, and uh, yeah, it's been a pleasure. Thanks, Christine. Take care. Bye-bye.